Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, episode 25, hosted by myself, Nathan English, and normally David Dirks. However, David is on his honeymoon this week. Congratulations to the new branch of the Dirks family that was created last weekend. So instead, in his stead, I guess I should say, we have a person that I know very well. We share our you know, lack of height our receding hairline, and our last name in common, it's Connor English. Connor, say hi to the people. What up, what up? All right, that was about as bad as it could have gone, but we're going to keep rolling. Uh, so Connor and I are going to talk about one of our, our passions together, our love, probably the thing that I would say unites us the most hobby-wise, and that is basketball. So yes, I know we got the Hall of Fame game and preseason on the corner, but we're going to talk a little NBA today. So we're going to be doing an NBA finals fantasy draft. We're going to be trying to select the best team possible using players from the last 10 NBA finals. That's coming up on this episode. And also Connor, Connor kind of had a surprise that he wanted to do for everyone. That's coming up at the top of the show. So we're going to get into all that and more after this quick break. told you that we want to do some basketball talk I feel like that's in both of our wheelhouses and you suggested this NBA finals fantasy draft and then as we're getting ready you said you wanted to talk about movies a little bit because the listeners of this show like to listen to us talk about movies what what are you going to talk about what's going on here well first of all thank you for having me I really appreciate being on such a large platform with so many (laughs) with so many fans um, I don't get out much, so it's nice to be here. Um, yeah, I thought that, you know, to go along with what the show normally is, which is largely talking about movies, a little bit of TV, lots of stuff that goes way over my head, I thought I should try to contribute to that theme at least a little bit. So I will be giving to the people my rankings of every single movie I've seen in the year 2022. How many movies are on this ranking list, Connor? I have seen a whopping (laughs) six movies in 2022. (laughs) For context, for just how different our lives are, I have seen 193 movies in 2022. Um, Well, I've got stuff going on. Yeah, Connor uh, is the smart person of the two of us. He is currently in his second year of medical school, wants to be a surgeon who cuts people's limbs off and maybe puts them back on or something all right connor let's hop in into your 2022 watches what do you have in last place what is the sixth best movie you've seen this year or i guess the worst movie that you have seen this year six best worst whatever you want to call it um i'd like to also point out that nathan got me into letterbox just like um him and David are always speaking about. So I'm able to give my letterbox rankings as well, just to make sure everything is up to what the 
crowd is normally hearing. So, the sixth best movie I've seen this year, one that we just watched last weekend, is The Orphan. I brought The Orphan in at a nice 2.5 out of 5. It was... (laughs) So, The Orphan uh, horror movie... Um, mm-hmm. why was it a 2.5, Connor? What what made it the eh status that you just gave it? Well, I don't think it was actually very horror-y. Um, and I realized approximately 20 minutes into the movie that someone had also already spoiled it for me, even though I'd never seen it before, and I realized what the plot was. Um, and I just thought, you know, there was there was classic cheesy horror movie stuff, but also... It wasn't that well made. And I missed, I don't know his name. You're going to have to help me. The guy who's the dad in every horror movie. I wish he was the dad in this one. But he Ethan Hawke or Patrick Wilson? I don't know which one you want me to say. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson is the one in The Conjuring. Okay, yeah, that guy. It was weird to not see him being the guy who didn't believe his wife. You know. So that's number six. Okay. <laughs> Number six, an over-reliance on jump scares. So according to Connor, stay away, steer clear of the orphan. What do you got at five? Number five, very drastic change in overall theme. We are going to go with the Simpsons movie. Coming in at three out of five stars. So the Simpsons movie, have you ever seen the show? I've seen, you know, random episodes, but... I have not seen the entire 10,000 episode catalog, no. Okay, and why did you decide to turn on the Simpsons movie then? I do not know how to answer that question. <laughs> I just had a real hankering for it one Friday evening, and that's what we watched. Okay. It was slightly underwhelming, but also funny in parts. All right. <laughs> What's your number four? Number four, also coming in and out of three. And another one that I have seen within the last two weeks. So I'm really going crazy here. Yeah, um, geez. We are going to bring in one of the kings of comedy, Will Ferrell in Semi-Pro. All right. Semi-Pro so, comes in at three out of five. So Semi-Pro, Will Ferrell's foray into basketball. Was that why you decided to watch this, that you saw basketball and thought, eh, sports well i think semi-pro is one of the movies that um gets quoted a lot especially in like a high school locker room and was one that i had never seen so we're looking for a movie a few nights ago and figured you know check one of those few movies i haven't seen off the list all right and why was it a three out of five um it it definitely had classic Will Ferrell funniness that you would want. It was also very dorky and um, largely just trying to fabricate random stuff that didn't make sense just so you could get to a joke that they wanted to put out there. So, But it was entertaining and of course it's a great underdog story and everyone loves one of those. Right. Okay. All right. Now we're entering we're entering top three territory. This is the podium. Connor, what's getting the bronze medal here? Bronze medal of 2022 is going to go to Minions Rise of Gru. 
We saw this movie together. I'm giving it a three and a half out of five stars. It had some funny minion moments, but all the moments that weren't funny minions moments, I realized I was a 24-year-old medical student <laughs> sitting in a movie theater watching a show for eight-year-olds. And Connor, could you let the people know why we had gone and seen this together in theaters, even though this movie will likely readily be available on a streaming service and we could have seen in the privacy of our own home? We went to the movie theater to see this movie because our father, Brandon English, who is a very stern, grouchy old man, loves minions. Yeah, Talks loves them minions so on the regular. Much. I'm sorry, Dad, I didn't mean to call you old, <laughs> but he is a middle-aged, grouchy old man who <laughs> likes the Minions. Yeah, uh, Brandon English was early to the Minion meme wave that really struck Gen X and Boomers hard, um, and years. he stuck with it. He stuck with it even after others have abandoned. Um, there are many times when we will just walk into the house and he'll go, Dip up boy. You know, like like he's Kevin or Bob. Connor, let me ask. You may not even remember their names, but I just said two of them. Which one's your favorite of the trio? Uh, well, there's, it's hard to decide. You got Kevin, you got Bob, and you got the third one. <laughs> Stuart. Stuart. I think I will probably go with Bob, because he is the roundest, I believe. <laughs> yes, Bob is the roundest. Bob is the one that becomes king in the just Minions movie, the first movie yes. in, in that series. Um, so yeah, King Bob, I, I agree with you all the way. All right, Connor, silver medalist, who is it? All right, silver medalist, nothing too crazy here. Don't know why I watched this movie either. I think... Actually, I do know my wife was the one who wanted to watch it. Comes in at number two, solid showing. It's going to be Deadpool. Why is Deadpool in second place? How did it rise above the rest of the crop, but not quite nail first? You know, it's very similar to Minions, actually. Quite a few funny parts. In the middle of the funny parts, I realized this movie is really not for me. But because... It was a little more on the adult side of things. I had to give that the bump over Minions. This is the first podcast in the history of the planet that has ever said a bit like Minions Rise of Gru when talking about the, quite frankly, kind of brutal R-rated superhero movie Deadpool. Um, That's how we do. Only Connor. All right, Connor, what what is your number one? I already know it. The people should know it. Really, but what is what is the best movie you've seen this year? All right, this one is pretty obvious. I actually heard you um, shouting me out on a recent podcast you had. Thanks for the shout out, by the way. You've done like twenty five episodes, and you've mentioned me like twice. Um, we try. did go and see this movie together as well, and that is going to be Top Gun Maverick. What do you have this rated at? You know, some some people might call it like a newbie score. Um, but I, I just sent it. I went for the full five out of five on Letterboxd for Top Gun Maverick. Perfect rating for Top Gun Maverick. Tom Cruise's epic return to the cockpit, a movie that features slow motion beach scenes, stunning acrobatics. Connor, why, why is this a five out of five? Why does this get that 
perfect score for you. You know, it does what a lot of movies can't do. It really got me hyped sitting in the, in the theater. Um, I definitely walked out of there thinking maybe I should abandon my current plans, see if I can go try to be a fighter pilot. Um, I have since decided not to do that, but it just, it just got me hyped. Even if Tom Cruise is a little sketchy, and maybe I didn't need the beach scene with two footballs, which makes no sense. The rest of the movie slapped. Yeah, I'm disappointed. We actually were on the beach right after we saw this movie, and we didn't even attempt dogfight football. Um, we probably should have given that a shot. Uh, I would agree. Tom Tom Cruise's Scientology is 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 a tad bit strange. He also has a tooth directly in the middle of his face. But the man makes entertaining movies, so yeah. so you can't hate. So Connor. Has ranked his six watches this year uh, in order from least to best. That was The Orphan and crap, Connor. I'm forgetting. That's okay. It's forgettable. <laughs> we got The Simpsons movie. There we, we go. Semi Pro. There we go. Minions and Rise of Gru, Deadpool, Top Gun. The, the winner is Top Gun Maverick, everyone. That is. Probably the most insightful movie critic I know talking about his first watches. Uh, before we get to this NBA Finals fantasy draft, we had some some pretty sad news come out, um, but not all that unexpected. And that was the passing of NBA great all-time legend Bill Russell uh, over the weekend. Bill Russell is anybody who is even tangentially known about the NBA and basketball will know that he's considered one of the greatest players in the history of basketball, 11 rings, uh, just a, just an all-time winner. Connor, what do you think of when you hear the name Bill Russell? Probably immediately I think of that um, picture of him where he doesn't have enough fingers for all his title rings. That's really about as baller as it can get. Way cooler than the Brady one with seven where one of his fingers is about to fall off because he's losing circulation in it. Um, <laughs> admittedly, obviously, haven't, you know, watched a ton of Bill Russell film over the years. He was he kind of peaked in the negative 30th year of my life, but um, <laughs> definitely interesting, that, or not interesting, but it matters that he's still respected as he's definitely always in top 10s, often in top fives and people talk about the greatest of all time, even though he played 50 years ago in a league that was vastly different and where most of the guys that played then are falling lower and lower on those all time lists. Right. Yeah. Bill. And I think Bill and Wilt are really the two guys from that era that have kind of withstood and people will, will push back on the argument that, you know, JJ Reddick's common argument is that they were just playing a bunch of plumbers and stuff. Well, Bill Russell was not a plumber. Um, that's very clear. Connor, do you think it's fair to say that with all of his success and his noted stories about how he would sacrifice everything for his team, including, you know, giving up a lot of scoring and, and kind of being a defensive anchor, do you think it's fair to say that he's the greatest teammate in professional sports history? Um, I think he would definitely be in the conversation, also including the fact that he was a player coach for several years, which is just, you know, unfathomable into yeah, that's in today's game. Um, so, yeah, I think he's definitely up there, though. 
that he was somehow a well-rounded player that we look for now, but again, back in a diff- very different era of basketball. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I think that, you know, reading all the stories afterwards, which it, it sucks that this is what happens. You know, I don't take time out of my day to read stories about athletes a lot of times, but when they pass, I do. But just reading all the stuff that Bill Russell did on and off the court and what he meant to so many people was just really enlightening. I knew Bill Russell was a civil rights activist, but he's really the NBA's Jackie Robinson. Um, when you look at all that he accomplished and, and what he did, refusing to play in games where the the restaurants in the area wouldn't serve uh, black Celtics beforehand and his kind of departure and denial of Boston and Boston fandom because of the racist treatment he received from the fans. Um, You know, Bill Russell was a man who stuck to his word and also was one of the greatest players in the history of the game. So for that, obviously a Pantheon guy. Um, And it's just really tough to lose someone like that. But Luckily, we got Bill Russell around whenever the internet existed and he was in his old man, I could kick everyone's ass phase. Because um, Bill Russell, what, you couldn't tell Bill Russell that Shaq was better than him, you know? And I think that's so fun. All right. We're going to take a quick little break and then we're going to come back and do the meat, the entree of this episode, the NBA Finals Fantasy Draft. That's coming up right after this. Welcome back. We are now on to the NBA Finals Fantasy Draft portion. Connor, I'm going to outline the rules before we start. Rules? I said that really weird. I'm going to outline them before we start. First of all, each player can only be drafted once. So we are using the last 10 NBA Finals. And as many of you know, uh, some players have played in a lot of those. Like Steph Curry, who has played in six of them. So, uh we can't draft six Steph Curry's or I would just fill a team full of Steph Curry's and shoot you to death. Uh, So you must only pick one player. You can only pick a player once. And also important note, you must say the year you're taking the player. So for example, if Connor takes the first pick LeBron James, he must specify which version of LeBron James he wants on his team. And once LeBron James is off the board, he's off of it for good. Next We're doing a starting five plus three role players to be eligible for the role player category. You must never have really been a star and never have made an all NBA team. Connor brought up the example of Manu Ginobili earlier, who played for the Spurs in the 2013 and 2014 NBA finals. While Manu Ginobili never really was a starter, he was quite clearly a star, and was also an All-NBA player. So he would not be eligible for the role player category. All right, so we have the last 10 finals. I'm going to just run through them real quick so people know. 2013 and 2014, it was Heat versus Spurs. 2015 through 2018, it was the Cavs versus the Warriors. 2019 was Raptors versus the Warriors. 2020, Heat-Lakers, that was the bubble finals. 
2021 Bucks versus Suns. That was the only finals on this list that did not include Steph Curry or LeBron James. And in 2022, the one that just wrapped up, my Warriors won again. It is the Celtics versus the Warriors. Connor, snake draft rules. So whoever goes first, we'll pick one, and then we'll pretty much both just pick two after that until we run out of players or, or slots. Do you want the first pick? Or do you want to take two and three? That's the question I have for you right now. Well, it's fairly obvious to me who you're going to take. So I will actually take I'll, – I'll go second. But I do have one more question before we get okay. started. Okay. Are we remaining exact, exactly rigid to a, a classic one through five lineup? Or can we, you know, fudge it a little bit to make it work better? I would assume this is because of the lack of depth in the center category is why you are bringing up this question. I would say, yes, we can, we can fudge it a little. You can run small ball lineups if you want. However, you can't just draft five small forwards, if that makes sense. So you gotta, yeah, you gotta pretend to care a little bit, but yes, um, we can fudge these a little. Okay. All right. All right. So I actually have written out for me here a big board. And with my first pick, which Connor thinks he knows what I'm going to pick. But with my first overall pick, I'm going to be taking LeBron James. I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Thought I was going to take Steph Curry. Connor is actually wearing a – there's no video with this podcast, but Connor's actually wearing a LeBron James shirt right now to commemorate the famous block on Andre Iguodala that I think made me die inside. Uh, when it happened, Connor, sit back down. It's going to be okay. But I am going to be taking LeBron James. Now, the question here, and the one that I debated, um, is which LeBron should I take? Connor, can I ask you, I know you were obviously looking at this, which Le- which years of LeBron, because we have a wealth of them, obviously, which years were you looking at? Which ones were you considering taking? Dude, I'm so mad at you right now. You don't even <laughs> like LeBron. All right. Um, I was... I, it was a struggle to pick. I thought it would actually be not that hard. And then I looked and really all seven of the years are good candidates. Um, yeah. But I decided to go with the 2016 victory over the Warriors where he averaged essentially a triple double 30 plus points. And of course got the win with the famous block by James and all of that stuff. So that's the one I settled on after anguishing over it. And now it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. So I was debating between that uh, version of LeBron and the 2013 version of LeBron, just for the fact that you get young, athletic LeBron. Um, obviously, 2016 LeBron isn't old, but 2013 LeBron with the headband wearing number six in Miami was just a different beast. But I finally decided on the one that you just said, 2016 LeBron James. So that will be my first pick. I'm going to slot him in right now at small forward on my team. However, depending on how small ball lineups work, he may be shifted to a different role. Connor picks two and three. I know you're pissed, but you got to keep going. Who do you got? Okay, well, so I did no research on Steph Curry because I assumed you would take him and I should have just taken the number one selection. But so for my number two, I'll go with Steph Curry. Um, 
obviously because of his dominance in the last decade and also just to take him away from you since you're kind of throwing a wrench in this whole thing. Um, it, Steph is also a difficult one to to try to hone in on what the what his best finals performance would be. Um, I think I will probably go with 2017 Steph, even though okay. KD won the finals MVP that year. Um, Steph was also a monster. He averaged 27, 8, and 9 um, on 39% three-point shooting. So um, really a lot of years would work for Steph, but I'll go with that one since they got the dub and he was he was right up there with KD. I think that's a good pick. Uh, I think that even though Steph averaged more points, obviously, in his latest finals and got the finals MVP, he was definitely, I think, a better player in in those KD years. He was just fine with, you know, playing second fiddle, quite honestly, mm-hmm. to Kevin Durant. Um, so as you can tell already in the podcast with the tension that is in the air, Connor is pissed because I picked his favorite player and he just picked my favorite player. Um, so I'm trying to win, Connor. Uh, and Mm. while I think Steph Curry is one of the greatest players of all time, LeBron is the second greatest player of all time. So I had to pick, I'm I'm just trying to win. So we'll slot Steph Curry in at point guard for you, Connor, who are you picking number three overall? Well, I would just like to say that I'm happy that you at least have admitted that LeBron James is good at basketball, even so (laughs) much as admitting that he is better than Steph Curry. I've always admitted that LeBron is better than Steph Curry. I just like Steph Curry more. All right, whatever. That that makes no sense. Okay, so for my second pick, um, I think this one is fairly fairly easy as well. I'm going to go with Kevin Durant. Um, I'm going to take Kevin Durant from that same year, 2017. He averaged uh, 35-8-5. Um, outdueled LeBron essentially and uh, really just kind of that's the one that they didn't steal from LeBron but he they really overpowered him in that one and KD is obviously just unstoppable when he starts hitting those mid-range jumpers which is what he did to them the whole series so Mm -hmm. yeah I would I would agree here's the question um and this is going to be biased on both ends because you hate the Warriors and I obviously love them. Is that team, I know everybody talks about the 15, 16 Warriors because they won 73 games, but is that first year with Kevin Durant or even the second year with Kevin Durant, is that the best team of all time? Um, that's a tough question to answer. I think, I think if you like were to look at the roster, then you would, you would just say yes, looking at like whatever the starting five is, um, looking at the record, looking at the stats. It's hard to say if they stack all the way up with like some of the Bulls teams, Celtics teams. Um, But I would say it's hard to, I would say even the year after that is maybe a little bit better uh, because they didn't rely so much on like Andre Iguodala. Mm -hmm. And, but I, I mean, they're definitely in like the Mount Rushmore of teams, just that that configuration, those four guys plus whoever else. As a Cavs fan at that time, because really you didn't have a team. Uh, for those of you that don't know now, Connor is a Sacramento Kings fan. 
he decided to just pick a team and stick with them. And he chose the worst team in the NBA um, that has had no playoff success since I've been alive. Um, (laughs) As a Cavs fan, what was your reaction whenever KD announced he was going to be signing with the Warriors? Uh, Weak sauce. (laughs) I mean, come on, guy. That's really my whole – I lost a lot of respect for KD. Also lost a lot of respect for the Warriors. They're out here begging him to come because LeBron James is beating them by himself and they need more help. And that, that's, that's my opinion of it. Okay, let's, uh, we'll get to it later. But LeBron James was not alone. Kyrie Irving was averaging 40 points in, in the crucial five mm-hmm. through seven games. Um, so it was not just LeBron James who wasn't doing it mm-hmm. by himself. But mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, that, uh, the Warriors ended final. up just absolutely smicker smackering the Cavs in the rest of the finals. So sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, that's fine. That's fine. There, it wasn't entirely <laughs> like a, I would still argue LeBron didn't have a ton of help um, with, you know, he had. Timothy Mozgov was his second best player in the first go around hey, with the Warriors. The Lakers gave Timothy Mozgov um, ninety million dollars. So, oh uh, yeah, that equals he's good. Then yeah, I forgot. All right, exactly. Yeah, okay, uh, Connor. I'm going to slot him in at small forward for you, Kevin Durant. But I'm sure you're probably going to. I I have a feeling you're just going to shift that around. Uh, next pick, I think, is also obvious. I don't know if you arrived at this conclusion, but I'm taking Giannis. Yeah. I think you have to here. I'm going to put Giannis at center. So Giannis obviously only played in one finals, the Bucks Suns finals, uh, where they emerged victorious and he was finals MVP. And just an all-around monster performance in the finals, 35-13-5. and five. Um, Giannis was just doing Giannis things. You know, all those insane highlights that you look at, he was doing that in the NBA finals. Um, point forward a lot of the time, obviously was a facilitator for them as well. 13 rebounds a game is a substantial amount in an NBA finals and then scoring 35 uh, and mostly in the paint, you know, Giannis isn't shooting three. So he's just driving consistently. I think that's pretty obvious pick um, for me there. And for the next one, see, this is where it gets tricky because this is a head versus heart scenario. Again, Mm -hmm. I think head going with my head here. I think I'm going to take Kawhi Leonard. Mm. Boardman gets paid. I'm going to take Kawhi Leonard on the Raptors in that finals where he ended up beating out the, I will emphasize, depleted Golden State mm. Warriors team. Uh, Kawhi averaged 29, 10, and 4 and was just an all-around leader for that. And then also with Kawhi Leonard, you get you know his just defensive prowess. Kawhi is one of the best defenders of the last decade in the NBA when he actually plays. Um, so I could have taken him in 2014 or 2013, but I think we all can agree that Kawhi did not come into his prime, um, that early on in those early, early Spurs runs and that the Raptors run is probably the peak of Kawhi. Uh, Connor, here's the question I have for you. Is Kawhi kind of done? I don't know, dude. He won't say anything to anybody. He doesn't even talk to his own team. Um, I had Kawhi in this spot, too. We've had the same top five. You just really threw a wrench in my whole thing by taking LeBron. Um, yeah, I don't – I kind of think Kawhi's done. I've kind of – I don't know. I'm kind of fed up with all of his 
very anti-team antics where he's mm-hmm. kind of a lone wolf and while that may be some sort of competitive edge against your opponents it definitely seems like it's also a detriment to your team and i don't know i haven't even i don't even know what he looks like anymore we haven't seen him in like two and a half years so um i don't know i think he probably is i if i had to bet on it i would guess that he's he's done that he's not going to be able to get close to that peak again, that he's on to a different kind of, I don't know, maybe the second or third best guy on a decent team kind of role, but I mm-hmm. find it hard to believe he can be the, the number one go-to guy again. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely wild to think that, you know, Kawhi did this in San Antonio and everybody was mad at Kawhi, but then kind of was on Kawhi's side saying the Spurs were mistreating him. He goes to the Raptors, he wins the title. He's the most popular player in the league at that point, I would say, because, you know, he's the quiet guy. He's kind of funny. He's kind of goofy. And, and he wins by playing tough defense. And all the old heads love that. All the old heads love a guy who's better on defense than he is on offense. And then he kind of gets the Clippers to sell their entire future, essentially, to get him and, for some reason, Paul George to – unreliable injury guys on the same team to kind of anchor this team and they have done nothing with it. Um, And I would say in many ways, Paul George, especially recently has eclipsed him just because Paul George plays and Kawhi does not play. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just a really weird scenario. And I don't even know, are they a powerhouse in the West anymore? Like, are, would you even factor them in now as a contender still or I mean, I guess you technically have to because they're probably going to compete for one of those middle seeds, like somewhere between, I don't know, four to seven, somewhere like that, because they were close to that last year without him and with Paul George coming back late and, you know, all those different factors. So if they're both actually playing and healthy, which doesn't, I mean, that's not something you can bank on. I think they are because it's not like, you know, there's questions with the Lakers that some of the other, like Jazz are done. The Nuggets, I feel like have kind of topped out. Like Jokic can only take them so far. They're going to be forever stuck at that four seed unless something wild happens. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think they've, they've got a chance, especially if they're both back. But I just, I don't know if you would even call it a powerhouse. I feel like you would just look up and, well, the Clippers are a three seed, but that's not that crazy. Not even a mention of the super team in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Connor yeah, English disrespecting just... Rudy Gobert um, I, and Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. I like Anthony Edwards. I do not like D'Angelo Russell. And I, Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns are like the same to me. I zero respect. They're both soft. Obviously, <laughs> I'm a 5'3 white guy. So they would wax me on basketball court, but they're both. No, don't give me that. You're not yeah. a basketball and, player. And Rudy started COVID in the U.S., um, which is another yeah, problem. Thanks, Rudy. <laughs> and Connor, as a doctor, does not take too kindly to that. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, Connor, picks six and seven. You got two back to back here. Uh, who are you going to take? Man, you really. Really wrenching my whole thing. I'm super thrown off now. Um, because that means it, I did well. Those were the top five, and now it drops off, and you have to think a little harder. Um, I think 
it's just a smart thing to do if I'm thinking about we're actually putting these teams against one another. I think the smart thing to do would be to take Clay Thompson here to round out, round out my backcourt. Um, and I was looking into this when I was, you know, I knew I wanted him on my list. I wasn't sure where. And I'm actually going to take 2019 Clay Thompson. Um, okay, so this was the question that I was going to ask you if I got to take Thompson. So we're obviously taking Clay Thompson pre-injury, right? You don't have to deal with after five games into the series, Clay Thompson's going to tear his ACL. Right. Yeah. You're just. I'm taking the 2019 version of Clay Thompson that was dominant for five games until you know bad stuff happened. Yeah, 26, but, 4, and 2 for Clay, and he was shooting 55% from three in that series yeah. until he got hurt. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that really stuck out to me. That he was not only was his scoring average that high, but the three point percentage was just wild. And I actually I don't know why I didn't realize that, I guess, because once a guy gets hurt in series, you almost just count it as he didn't play at all. But he was mm-hmm. just straight up dominant in that series, and it was by far I was looking at at some of the other finals and he, you know, would have 30 point games here and there, but then he would have an eight point game. And this finals, he was consistently in the twenties and consistently knocking down the three. So I think that's the best finals Clay Thompson wise. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, So Clay Thompson, you got pretty much the top three right now, Steph Curry, Clay and Kevin Durant. You're essentially recreating Mm-hmm. the best versions of the Golden State Warriors team. I, you're going to probably take a non-warrior here, I'm assuming. Unless, yeah. I mean, you could you could take Draymond at the four, but I don't think you're going to do that. No, no, What's no, your no, next no, pick? No, no. All right, this one is tricky. Because um, right now you're destroying me in the paint. So yes. I think, I don't think I would have taken this guy here had you've done things a little differently, but I think I'm going to go ahead and take Tim Duncan, 2013 Tim Duncan. Ooh. Um, the big fundamental, definitely on the, you know, falling off of the peak of his career. He's not at his best at this point. Um, but in 2013, he averaged 19 and 12. So obviously still dominant, even though he's, he's still Tim Duncan. I don't know, 35, 36 years old at that point. And I really think, I think there's only one other big that you could have argued to go there and I needed a big and I trust Tim Duncan more. So that's who I'm going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so Connor adds Tim Duncan. Uh, where do you want to, where do you want him at right now? I think it would actually be wise of me to put Timmy at center and probably bump KD down to power forward. Okay. All right. That makes um, sense. I think that's what, that's what my lineup will need to look like right now. Okay. All right. Um, so Connor has point guard, shooting guard, power forward, and center selected. Um, so really only small forward is open on the starting roster. Um, and I have point guard and shooting guard left. Now, this is tough um, because you can easily look at um, stats and, and pick a guy here. I'm just going to start with point guard because Connor doesn't can't take any one of my picks. You could look at stats and take Kyrie Irving here. And I think that would be, that would be pretty easy to do because um, he's the best. However, 
I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw Tony Parker in here mm. at point guard. 2013, Tony Parker had possibly the greatest forgotten shot in NBA history that happened right before that Rayon three where he was falling down and just threw up a bank floater that went in. Um, Tony Parker was great in that series and was completely overshadowed by what happened in those last two games. And I think he's just a better, better facilitator. Also, I don't want Kawhi and Kyrie Irving on the same basketball team. Um, what, what would even happen? I have no idea. Uh, Kawhi won't act a fool because he's got LeBron and Giannis to keep track. But if there's two of them, if there's also Kyrie, I, I think we're in big, big trouble here. So that's why I'm going Tony Parker. I think Tony Parker's a much better teammate, even though Kyrie Irving is clearly, I think, a better scorer. Um, but I'm looking for facilitation right now. So that's why I'm going to go Tony Parker here. And then for my shooting guard pick, I really have three options. Um, I have Dwayne Wade. Uh, Jimmy Butler or Devin Booker here, I think. You could throw Brown in there as well. I'm not taking Jason Tatum. As a Warriors fan who just watched the last final, I was never scared when Jason Tatum had the ball, so I ain't taking that fool. I think I'm going to go Butler. Um, Wade was kind of on the downhill side at, at this point. I think Wade really peaked probably in 2010 or 2011, um, and those Spurs Heat finals, you look at his stats, his best year, he was 15, four and three. Now, obviously he's second fiddle, but actually at times Bosch was kind of second fiddle and Wade was even third on that team. He was lost a lot of his athleticism, wasn't it explosive. And I think Jimmy was, is at the peak. And honestly, I like to see what Jimmy Butler can do, not having to carry his entire team. You know, uh, Bam Adebayo disappeared. In the finals against the Lakers, Jimmy was playing 48 minutes a night, and, and he was going out there 26, 9, and 8, you know, as kind of an undersized guy taking on LeBron, a lot of head-to-head matchups as well. And he's got a – Tyler Hero shrank in that series, and he's got to rely on Duncan Robinson to hit threes. Like, it was not a good time for him, but Jimmy Butler was stellar, so I'm going to take him here. Connor, what are you thinking of my team right now as you see those last two picks? Well, I was – um, I actually had Tony Parker in the same kind of tier as you did. I had him above Kyrie Irving as well. I just kept thinking of that step under shot that he hit in that in those finals. Um, mm-hmm. but I gotta tell you, I did not have Jimmy Butler on my list. I made a list of uh 14 guys that I was willing to take, and he did not make the cut. I kept I kept picturing the the bubble finals where he um i i don't let me i guess i can pull up the stats but i was imagining a dominant first couple of games that tailed off dramatically because of the load he was carrying um Mm -hmm. and that just kept that just kept sticking in my head so i couldn't shake that i kept wanting to put jimmy on my list because i was you know I was needing guys towards the end here, but yeah, he just, he just, I couldn't get him in there. So who, uh, obviously you've already taken your shooting guard. Uh, I guess, unless it's going to spoil your next pick, who would you have taken in that slot instead of Jimmy, who I just took? Well, I might as well just take my next pick. Okay. Um, and that was, I was glad you said Jimmy Butler because I wanted Dwayne Wade. Um, okay. You laid out the case of him being second fiddle, 
kind of on the downhill side of his career, maybe even third fiddle at times. But in the 2013 finals, he had he averaged 19, four and five. Um, and I still, I don't know what it is, but I still, I don't know, I guess I feel like I just trust him more, especially still at that point in his career. Like once he, once he left the Heat the first time, played on the Bulls, played on the Cavs for a tiny bit, and then went back to the Heat. It was definitely a different guy then. I think mm-hmm. the the Dwayne Wade that played on that team in those in those two finals against the Spurs was still um, largely the same guy, even if he'd lost a little bit of his step. Mm-hmm. And I was I was happy that you did not take him because I want him in that. I'm gonna probably uh, I'll put him at this small forward. I guess I'll leave Clay at the shooting guard. Clay is a little bit. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, I think Wade's like six four six five. Um, I think Clay is a little bit taller than him, but Clay plays much more of a shooting guard than Wade. Wade is much more physical, yeah. than the way he plays, so it would make sense to start him lower. Yeah, that's probably a miss by me. Um, I think Wade was in many ways overshadowed by LeBron. I actually think that first year they teamed up, Wade was actually playing better than LeBron was, um, mm-hmm. and kind of that's the reason they lost that NBA Finals was that. I think Wade was the one that was dominating still, and it took him that finals to realize that he needs to defer. Um, So, yeah, I think maybe that's a miss by me. Maybe I should have taken Wade there. That's a good pickup by you. Um, Okay, let's just – before we start to pick our role players, um, let's let's just see what we're thinking head-to-head right now, starting lineups. I'm thinking right now – I'm thinking it's a seven-game series, no matter what way you split it. And I am giving myself the edge, one, because of bias, but two, only because I think that the combo of LeBron, Kawhi, and Giannis is just simply too much defensively in the paint for, especially for Wade playing an undersized small forward right there. I think I'm just overwhelming you with size and length. Um, yeah, I think you're probably... I think that's pretty spot on. Um, seven game series, definitely. I definitely I felt horrible once after we both had three picks on the board. I felt like I closed a little stronger, um, and that I would. I think my team's definitely better scoring wise. I mean, obviously, yeah, absolutely. Steph play KD, um, but I agree that the the front court of LeBron, Kawhi, and Giannis is just going to be real real tough for me to defend um so i think i would agree that your your team probably has the edge which is why i was annoyed and almost quit when you <laughs> took lebron because i think he's the one that flips that whole thing like if we had lebron and d-wade flip for example i think my team would clearly have the edge yeah, obviously that isn't how it would go down, but I'm just saying I think LeBron and either one gives that team the edge. Yeah, I think that that's why I was going through my head, and obviously I wanted Steph, right? Uh, I wanted Steph the whole time, um, but I knew that if I picked Steph, if I had the second pick, I would have taken him. I think, uh, honestly, I don't know why my brain works that way, but I think I may have taken him. But having the first pick, I pick Steph, and then you pick two more guys. You know, let's. I just don't think I get back around to what I want because if I pick Steph first, you're picking LeBron and KD. And then, yeah, I'm going to pick up Kawhi and Giannis, but you have LeBron and KD. I don't know anybody's beating that. 
So I just felt like I couldn't do that. Now, if you pick first, I think if I take Steph and KD, it's a different story if you take LeBron. But I, yeah, I just I was doing the math and it just never worked out. So I know I, I, I threw a wrench, but if you're looking at it from my side, it's the only choice I really had. Yeah, I should have I should have thought about the fact that you may, might have actually been thinking logically about it instead of just blindly so just my heart. selecting Steph Curry like you've been doing for the last. If this was an actual years. finals, it would kill me every time Steph hit a three. Like it would be like a dagger to my heart every time that Steph made a three. And you know, and I, you know, he's going to have a forty-five point, eleven three-point game in in there somewhere. And hopefully, you just time it to where it doesn't happen the same night as Clay's. Your team, I think, I think your team is the ideal, if they're hot, there's nothing you can do team. Like my team, yeah. I think, could yep. struggle through a slow part just with the size and what you're talking about could punish down low. But your team, you know, if Steph, Clay, and KD are on, and even two of them are on on the same night, it's over. That game is done. It's a wash. You have to start new again. Yeah, um, I agree. So, all right, role players – I think you should take the first pick now since I already had the first pick. You obviously also still have a pick left in your snake. Um, so just to remind people of the role player rule, again, you know, they can't have made an all NBA team. And I think we both need to agree that they were never a star. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they weren't a great player, but they were never a star team. If yep. that makes sense. Yep. So Connor first role player, kind of a tough choice. Would you, who are you taking here? Yeah. So, Role player was way harder to select than I thought it would be because there's not as many guys that fall in that in that middle group between being like a legit star and then just being an absolute bump, especially when you get to the finals, when they shorten their rotations from 12 guys to 9, 8, even 7. Um, so it's hard to find guys who had got minutes and made meaningful contributions but still weren't stars um with that being said i actually think the number one choice is pretty obvious and i'm glad i just happened to think about it before i really started digging because then i was able to i was able to snag it and i really i didn't find a better option after doing more digging through all the teams and my number one option number one bench guy is going to be 2013 danny green okay this is not what i thought you were taking number one all right 2013, Danny Green um, averaged 14, 4, and 1 in, that, in those finals. And the, the most significant part of this is that he shot 55% from three on 49 attempts. So he shot 27 to 49 from three. He would come in and hit. He had several games where, if you look at the box score, it's Danny Green three-pointer, Danny Green three-pointer, Danny Green three-pointer. He hits consecutive possessions, um, yeah, changing momentum. And I just think that's like the best, that's the best you can ask for from a bench guy to only give you 20 minutes a game, but to come in, get you like nine quick points and then go right back out. So I think Danny Green is one of the the best role players in this last decade or so. Mm -hmm. I, I would agree. Um, the reason I didn't think you were going to take him and here's the question. I guess I've just got to ask you, is Andre Iguodala eligible for this category? Because let me, let me lay out his resume. Two all-defensive, NBA all-defensive teams, and he was an all-star once in 2012. 
However, as we both know, Andrew Wiggins was named an all-star starter. All right. So I don't know if the all-star thing means as much. I'm saying that as a Warriors fan. So is Andre Iguodala eligible? You know, I'm really I'm fine with him being eligible. I still would have given the nod to Danny Green because even though, I mean, let's talk about it. The number one thing on Andre Iguodala's resume is the is a sham. stopper. When LeBron yeah, it's a sham. 40, 10, and 10, and they were like, wow, he stopped LeBron from getting 50 a night. Yes. So yeah. I think if you erase that part that everyone has fabricated that's a complete lie, then I think Danny Green's is standing in that number one spot. But it's, I don't care what you think because I already took my guy, so do whatever okay. you want. So Connor just obviously took Danny Green, um, and I spoiled mine. I'm going to take Andre Iguodala. Now, the first thing I will say before we get into it, um, and I think Connor agrees with me on this take, but we'll see in a second. Andre Iguodala should not have ever won finals MVP. Agreed. And I yep. think everybody knows that at this point. Like you just said, the LeBron stopper thing was a sham. Steph Curry had one bad game in that finals. Um, Matthew Dellavedova figured him out for one game. I will note that Matthew Dellavedova then had to go to the hospital for fluids because it's so hard to guard Steph Curry that he almost died. Um, and then the next game, Steph came out and torched him um, and continued to torch him for the rest of the series. So Steph should have won the finals MVP there. He should have two, not one. Um, suck it people that chose that, but I'm taking Iggy here. Uh, and yes, you could say that Iggy was not the LeBron stopper that everybody said he was. I would say who is um, to that. First of all, I think the person most successful against LeBron in his career is probably Kawhi, you would say, in the finals. If we're talking about it, the 13-14 finals, Kawhi was pretty good, but again, didn't stop LeBron James. Um, but Iggy still, first of all, he brings the point forward part to the table. Iggy ran the second team for the Warriors for a long time. He was still averaging 16 points a game there. Iggy can't ever really shoot, but he was still athletic enough to get up and slash and dunk on people. And, and I think he's just overall really high IQ basketball guy. So I will be taking Andre Iguodala here with my first role player. Second role player pick, this is, Connor, this is where it starts to get thin. Like, <laughs> I, I think the first two that... I think the first two that we took off the board were the obvious, like maybe if we disagree in the order, we agree that those were the top two way above mm -hmm. everybody else. So for third pick, I'm thinking, I'm thinking I need a big here. I'm thinking I want some size on the bench. And, and I'm thinking I'm going to take DeAndre Ayton. Oh, okay. Yeah. And let me tell you why. <laughs> first of all, I don't need this guy to do much. Okay. I, I don't need, I really don't need him to do hardly anything, um, but just catch some lobs and get some rebounds and give my boy Giannis a rest. Okay. I need him to fill Giannis's role for 10 minutes. And I think Aiton is uniquely capable of doing that. And I think the combo of Aiton and LeBron would be pretty good. Just like the combo of CP three and Aiton is because you, he needs a high IQ basketball player that need, knows exactly where to put the ball. And I think LeBron could do that for him. I think Parker could do that for him. And Aiton in the finals averaged a double-double. He was 14 and 12. Uh, and I think he's just really solid, also young and athletic, will not tire easily out on the court and could be able to give Tim Duncan problems 
on defense just because of his size. Um, so I'm going to take Aiton here. Connor had a shocked look on his face. We'll see who he takes next and why he was shocked by that. Connor? Um, okay, so I think I think I really just kind of – I even ignored guys who were starters, really. So I'm, I'm not saying, you know, you broke the rules or anything because that wasn't one of the stipulations. But I kind of – I wouldn't have even – I didn't have him on my list at all. But I actually, mm-hmm. I'm still happy that this guy fell to me. Um, cause when I, he was actually one of the last guys I finally noticed as I was digging through the teams. Um, right. and that's going to be Fred Van Vliet, 2019. All right. Um, so Fred Van Vliet, the 2019 finals were kind of his coming out party. Um, he had, he averaged 14, three and two and was really their second best player. Um, maybe third, but definitely he outplayed, um, Kyle Lowry in that series and was their Raptors go-to guy um and I think that he's also I'm not worried too much about giving D Wade or KD a rest I think Fred Van Vliet is going to be a great guy to come in for like 10-12 minutes give Steph Curry a break from running around all over the place he'd be able to give a lot of energy a lot of like scrappiness um and then get Steph Curry right back in there after Fred gets, you know, six points or so. So I think, I think that's what I'm going to go with in that spot. Um, okay. What do you think of Fred? See, I, I was heavily considering Fred here. Um, and I would have taken him next if you didn't just swipe him off the board right there. Uh, yeah. I think Fred Van Fleet really did have a coming out party as a uh, buff Drake in, in mm-hmm. that NBA finals there. Um, and he was like the hometown hero. He's a big crowd energizer guy, which is super important actually. And a bench guy who, when he comes in, everybody's cheering for him, chanting his name. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I agree with the pick. I think it's a really good pick. So, so taking Freddie boy there, I think is a good move for you. Connor, we got, what's your last pick here? Um, I've got a few options here. I don't like really any of them because <laughs> um, I I really couldn't find a big guy that I liked for this spot for really any of my role players um, mm-hmm. because anyone who was worth a darn really was more – they were approaching star level at least and getting close. And then the other big guys that are available are dudes like – again, I'll mention his name for a second time – Timothy Mozgov is in the <laughs> conversation. Um, uh, Festus Azili, if you're feeling up to that. Stop, stop, so, stop. I tried to forget his name. He cost us that finals. I, I think my last pick is going to be just kind of a fun one that might not actually help my team, but could be another elite crowd energy guy. Um, all right, I'll just do it. I'm going to go with Boris Diaw. Oh my gosh, Boris, Boris Dia did not even make my big board. Boris Dia, Connor, why? Why are you taking this man? 2014 Boris Dia averaged seven, nine, and six off the bench against the Heat. Okay, in the year that the Spurs actually won, and those nine assists are always elite behind the head passes. What the heck is this big guy doing dribbling through the lane? Oh, dump dish the ball off to Tiago's splitter and somehow made him look good. 
Boris Diaw is another great, just gets the crowd juiced. Everybody's like, how the heck is this man doing this? And that it might not have been the wisest pick, but it's going to be a fun end of the bench. So that's what I'm going with. Boris Diaw. Yeah, Connor, it, for those of you that do not know, obviously you wouldn't. Connor's a sucker for cool passes. Um, I think Connor's favorite NBA player when we were growing up was Rajon Rondo, just because Rondo had such cool behind the back passes and fakes. Connor, speak on your cool pass love. Well, I that is an excellent segue into what I wanted to talk about at the end of this, and that I wanted so bad for Rondo to count as a role player because he was low key elite on the Bubble Lakers championship. He was like their third best guy, maybe fourth best guy for that title, and but would have certainly been considered a role player for that team. And I would have squeaked him in there, except he has one all-NBA third team, so he was ineligible to be considered as a role player. I'm sorry, Connor. I apologize for that stipulation. But yes, the whole reason that I was semi-successful at basketball in high school was because in middle school, I essentially memorized everything that Rondo had ever done and was put on YouTube, watched that stuff over and over again. And it somehow, at least in a small way, seeped into my small body and skill set. And I was the class two Missouri white short not very good Rhonda. yeah i would agree with that characterization of your game um one your jump shot was ugly is all get out just like Rhonda's. and two i remember one time specifically we were on a fast break at a game in coal camp missouri it was one of the few times connor and i actually really got significant playing time together and connor was dribbling down the right-hand side. It was a two-on-one, and he did the Rondo fake. He pulled out the behind-the-back fake where he held onto the ball and then finished with a finger roll. One of the coolest things my brother has ever done in his personal life. Uh, and, yeah, I was just overjoyed at that moment. So I would agree you were the class two short, white, Missouri Rajon Rondo. Congratulations. Find that clip on huddle, y'all. Yeah, congratulations. All right, my last pick. I'm looking at my team and I need shooting. I need a, I need a spark. I need some energy off of the bench. I need a guy who has no fear, who's going to take any shot. And that's why I'm going to be taking Jordan Poole in my last <laughs> spot here. And I know you're going to scoff, but look, I don't need consistency. Jordan Poole averaged 13 points a game in this last NBA Finals. And he shot like 35% from the field, but he also shot – or no, he shot 43% from the field and 39% from three. So, and he was just absolutely chucking my boy, Jordan Poole gets in the game and he's get, he thinks he has the ultimate green light. He thinks he's Steph Curry. Okay. He'll shoot anything, uh, but there, you, you know that there's those games where Jordan Poole will just make them all. He will just start hitting half court shots and you know, it's over. And I want that on my team. So I'm going to be taking Jordan Poole in my final spot. Connor, what's your reaction to that? I think that is a heavy, heavy recency bias pick. But I sort of agree with your reasoning because as I'm looking at your team, 
which is now Tony Parker, Jimmy Butler, LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, Iggy, DeAndre Ayton, and Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is the only shooter, really, you have in that whole team. So mm-hmm. I I understand why you might need that spark, but I'm now starting to think the Jordan Poole spark might not be enough if you're relying on, I guess, LeBron to be the the starter that's hitting threes for you. I mean, Kawhi can knock down some threes as well, but that's not his primary game. So I don't know. I might be I might be looking all right here. See, this is why I was pissed when you took Clay. My perfect scenario would be this team. I take out Jimmy Butler and I put Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what I wanted. That's what I that was my shooting. But I think that once you go down the star list, I mean I could have taken Booker, I guess, but I don't I don't feel confident in Booker as a player. Tatum and Brown, I I don't feel confident in them either. And I I, I could have taken Irving for shooting, but Irving is much more of a finisher than a than a knockdown three point shooter. So I don't know, as we just kept going. And then you obviously took Danny Green, which that is the best role playing three point shooter that we had. Mm-hmm. Connor, I want you to tell me both stars and role players, who's on your just missed the cut list? Um, okay, so on my list for for potential starters here for stars, I did have Kyrie Irving in 2016. Um, was right there next to LeBron in there in the one series they won over the Warriors, 27, 4, 4, and 2. And he got big buckets all over that series. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, all NBA, bad team guy. So, yeah. let's see I also had I really didn't want to because this is another guy I kind of have almost no respect for at this point but Anthony Anthony Davis Davis, Anthony Davis is just unibrow cat to me Um, (laughs) neither one of them play how they should they're both dumb Anthony Davis rolls his ankle every 40 minutes in real life not just in 40 minutes of basketball um (sighs) So I had him on my list, but I'm. That's why I got nervous at the beginning when you went big right away, and I had to just go with Tim Duncan. And I'm glad I did not have to also go with Anthony Davis. Um, and then to round out the rest of my list, I had Chris Paul in 2021. Shout out Ryan Rosillo, and then I had <laughs> Chris Middleton, and he had surprisingly good stats. 24, 6, and 5 in their one finals run. But in my notes underneath his name, I wrote, eh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even put Chris Middleton on my list because I like, I was thinking about like, yeah, I'm sure Chris Middleton shot well in that series, but like, really, am I going to ever pick Chris Middleton? I guess Chris Middleton, I, I would say he's probably disqualified from the role player conversation. Yeah, um, definitely disqualified. He's so we couldn't have good balls, but <laughs> but it's Chris Middleton. Like. There's some games where you look up and you're like, why does Chris Middleton have two points with three minutes left in the third quarter? You know, and he feels so unreliable. Uh, going, I had the same people on there. I also had Bosch. I felt like I had to put a, a version of Chris Bosch on there. He did 14, five, and one in the 13, 14 finals. A uh, person that I had maybe just because I'm a Warriors homer and that you didn't have Draymond Green. Um, in the 16 finals, yes, Connor, 
roll your eyes, but <laughs> Draymond Green had a 32-point triple-double in the Game 7 of the NBA Finals. And this is back when Draymond Green could shoot. So, And you're doing the, ooh, big deal. Um, but Draymond Green is one of the five smartest basketball players to ever play in terms of basketball knowledge. Um, and I would say court vision and the way that he plays, you know, six, seven guy able to guard centers, um, mm-hmm. and disrupt games. So I had to have Draymond on there. I also, as I mentioned, I had Tatum and Brown listed as well. Didn't ever expect to get to a point where I would want to use them. Um, but I had them listed for bench guys. This is interesting. I really try to find some role player guys. Uh, I have Brooke Lopez on my list. Uh, 11 f- and 5 in the 2021 NBA Finals. Also another, like, just comes in and hits a bunch of threes and the home crowd grows wild guy. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you get scored on by a guy named Brooke. That would be tough. Um, and then Mikhail Bridges made my list as well uh, at 12 and 4. I also had Time Lord on there, um, but I – I don't, he may actually be better as a role player for a team. Yeah. I know that he's kind of the star of that Celtics team in many respects because he was the most important player in that series. But dude can't stay on the floor very long because he gets hurt all the time. So maybe he'd be better only playing 10 minutes a game. Uh, I also had Marcus Smart listed, but I hate Marcus Smart with every fiber <laughs> of my being. So I was never going to pick that fool because um, he just whines and complains about everything and flops all over the dang place. <laughs> he's he's Chris Paul, so but like not Jim near as good. Green. <laughs> okay shut up. no no draymond provides more for the team okay also draymond punched lebron in the nuts which i think everybody wants to do at one point or another besides you so okay all right well so on to round out my role player list um i only have two more guys on it that are really worth mentioning the first one i have uh remaining is jr smith the dude cost the Cavs one finals. He didn't Easy. cost them a finals. He cost them a game. Which would have been momentum. We don't have to get into the whole argument right now. Stop. But he was low-key the third best guy on their championship team. And largely because Kevin Love sucked butt in that series. And But he had 11 points a game, three assists a game which you would not expect to be the third best stat line in the championship team, but it in fact was. So J.R. Smith, the Hennessy King, is going to go in that spot. He's probably ripping his shirt off right now. That's one of my (laughs) honorable mentions. And then the last guy on my role player honorable mention is going to be Mr. Mike Miller. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what his stat line was even in the 2013 finals. In the spot that I wrote everyone else's stat line, I just wrote one shoe. (laughs) I can't believe you actually put Mike Miller on on a list. Um, One shoe, baby. For some reason, he's a guy. I thought of him and Shane Battier and an inordinate amount of time when making this list. Um, I don't know why I think those are just stuck. Those finals are burned into my brain. It's like the first ones I feel like we really paid attention to, like hardcore, whereas the, those heat teams. Uh, Ray Allen was sadly a guy that was not eligible, even though he was a role player on that team. Uh, I had down, and you're going to make fun of me. 
I had Sean Livingston down, but only for the first two games of the 2016 finals where he was the best point guard on the Warriors for some reason until Steph Curry woke up. Like, I, I remember we won game one and I was like, what, what happened? I was at work and I got out of there and it's like Sean Livingston had like 25 and 10. I was like, huh? Okay, let me just say, I actually typed Sean Livingston into my list two different times as I was struggling to come up with role players because he kept popping into my head for that exact same reason. And then I would go to basketball reference and see that he actually averaged like three, one, and one. And I <laughs> backspace it all again. Yeah, I had all the Warriors players running through Sean Livingston. Leandro Barboza floated in there a couple of times. And I was like, I cannot take Leandro Barboza in this draft. Um, just an all-time what-the-heck-are-you-doing guy. I think, and every time he touched the ball, I was like, Leandro, stop, just pass. He just ran, he, he just ran way too fast. His, his brain never caught up to his body anytime he was playing, but you know, he, he was good sometimes. Uh, to recap the, the teams that we just drafted, Connor's, Connor's team, uh, he's got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Durant, and Tim Duncan uh, starting five with Danny Green, Fred Van Fleet and Boris Diaw coming off the bench. For my team, I have Tony Parker, Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Did you see how I said Antetokounmpo? That was so very fancy. Good, very dog. fancy. Yeah, yeah, that was good. And then role player, I have Andre Iguodala, DeAndre Ayton, and Jordan Poole. I would say Connor, without a doubt, based on your starting five, your team has better all-time players than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, more guys that are going to be talked about many years on. I think you have you, all five of them are probably top 75. Clay is the only one that's kind of pushing that there. But if you just cut out Clay, you got every guy you got in there is maybe even top 25, depending on how much you like Dwayne Wade and how good you think he was. Uh, mm-hmm. Third best shooting guard of all time. So there's that. Uh, and my, my list has the second best player of all time. And what do you think Giannis's peak is here? Um, I, I really think I don't like when people are like, the, what if he gets a jump shot, then he'd be unstoppable. I think right. if he gets a jump shot, that his, um, his productivity is actually going to take a hit from that. I like okay. him the best as just Shaq who can dribble essentially and just plowing down the paint at people, making those weird little awkward runner things, looking like the weirdest jump shot of all time when he does take a three, even though he'll like drain four of them in a row somehow. I think Giannis can definitely, I don't know if it's a certain number of finals. Um, but I think he can definitely get into like the top five conversation if he dominates for another, I don't know, five years with one or two more finals to show for it. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. I think that you can't deny his skill set and size at this point. Um, Cause he, I mean, he is, he's Shaq who can dribble essentially not as big, obviously as Shaq um, in terms of actual size, but in, in length and height he is. And, yeah, and once, once Giannis is going downhill, there's just nothing you can do. And I think Giannis is probably competing for and maybe not winning, if not winning another finals this year, if if Middleton is playing, mm-hmm. you know, in that series. 
So, I think they definitely would have been better than that Celtics team. Yeah, absolutely. A better fight. So. Especially the way that that Celtics team really just fell apart. Um, Warriors kind of punched the Celtics in the mouth in the middle of that series, and the Celtics never recovered. Um, especially the Celtics role players just sank, I would say. So I, I don't know who's going to win. I, I was leaning way towards my team at the beginning. I think you evened it up a little. I think it's going to be a tough series if, if we actually played this. Connor, any last thoughts before we wrap up this wonderful episode of the podcast? Well, I see why you do this. This is fun. This is a good time. I'm just sitting here jabbering about stuff that, you know, probably thought about in my head over and over again. So that's nice. So I think we should, you know, do another one of these. Obviously not the same thing, but something else of this style. And I wish there was a good way to actually gauge who, who could win in a situation like this. It would take you know, making up our own 2K rosters or something to actually battle this this kind of series out, um, which isn't really possible at the moment. But I think we should bookmark this and then somehow try to settle it at some point in some kind of tangible way. So you're saying the next time that we see Max, we should just make these teams and then play each other? Probably, yeah. Shout out Max Bashir's. Yeah, shout out Maxwell to Beast 98 on, on PSN, Adam. Uh, all right, well, that's going to be it for this episode of What Do You Want to Watch? Uh, Connor, thank you again for, for joining me, for filling in, for being the sixth man off the bench that came in and hit eight threes on this podcast. I really appreciate it. That was us talking about Connor's 2022 watches, of which there were a whole six movies he's seen Uh, And we're already in August, so he hasn't even averaged a movie per month yet, but apparently is on a streak of watching like three in the last four weeks. However, football season is starting, so there's no way Connor's going to watch any more movies this year. Uh, He's shaking his head no. I'll probably drag him to one over Christmas. Uh, We'll go watch Avatar together. Um, That's going to be like nine hours long. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, if I have to suffer through another movie about giant blue aliens that I don't want to watch, then I need somebody to be there with me, so... I'm not taking mom. She'll just ask me questions about, do I know that character? The whole movie. (laughs) I can't do that. Uh, Sorry. Sorry, mom. I love you. Uh, But this has been this episode of what do you want to watch? Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Spotify. Obviously this episode should be, should be up as you're listening to it. Uh, Friday night-ish is the plan. So hopefully you're listening to it on Friday night. But if it's Saturday morning and I was lazy, I apologize. But thanks again. See y'all next week. Peace.